Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. I made a reference in a recent episode about what I refer to as a milk church, and I wanted to take some time and discuss that. This is really sort of a follow-up to that other episode, which was called Eat Meat. Okay, so what is a milk church? Now, I prefaced that statement before, and I want to reiterate again that I love the church. Jesus loves the church. He died for it. He sent the fivefold ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to equip it, and he will return for his bride, and hopefully she will be equipped and she will be prepared for him, hence the reference milk church. If we are only getting milk teaching, we won't be ready, and we need to be ready for Jesus' return. Hebrews 5 verses 11 through 14 is the passage that we're going to read today. Just before these verses, Paul talks about Jesus being high priest. And then in verse 11, it says, Concerning him, we have much to say, and it is difficult to explain, since you have become poor listeners. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unacquainted with the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature because of practice, and some versions say by constant use, have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. All right, come on. We need to be in constant use, practicing, developing our senses to be able to decipher good from evil in our world today and to know how to handle both good and evil in a kingdom way. So verse 11 Paul just goes there. He says, you have become poor listeners. Ha! (laughs) I love it. Like, he is legit. This subject, I just want to say, it has the potential to offend. It just does. As believers, we can't have a place for offense to land. Jesus didn't. If anyone could have been offended, like it was him, right? We're following him, so we don't take offense. We stay open and we listen to the good. Don't eat the bones, as Bill Johnson says. So if you are going to follow Jesus, you cannot bow down to the fear of man. Oh, what is that person going to think of me if I do that or if I say that? I'm not saying be rude or mean on purpose. That's the ditch on the other side of the road. But Jesus didn't stop before he went into the temple and flipped the tables. He didn't stop and say, oh, no. Maybe I shouldn't do this. What will the Pharisees think of me? No, if God tells you to do something, do it plain and simple and do it how he wants you to and when he directs you to with humility. So, you know, speaking of offense, people, they were offended by Jesus. Think about the verse where Jesus says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. They left. They were outy. They would rather have their comfortable religion than a relationship with the comforter. And remember the man with the demons legion. Jesus cast out the demons and into the pigs. It was in Mark 5. In verse 15, it says, 
Jesus had cast out the demons, and then the man was sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. That's speaking of the townspeople. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. The town said, nope, we don't want you, Jesus. They begged him to go. They were comfortable with their demons. I've heard it taught before with this verse specifically that since the town had lost their pigs and that was part of their livelihood, that that might have been why they wanted him to go. You know, that's wrong on many levels. He is our provider. We can't settle for demons just so we can pay our bills. We can't settle for things that are not in the proper order of the Lord. We can't do it. You know, I'm not trying to tick people off, but we have got to talk about milk churches in the body of Christ. We have to address this or we will never become mature and attain the whole measure of Christ. All right, so moving off of offense, we're going to get back on our main subject for today. Back to Hebrews 5, verse 12, it says, By this time you ought to be teachers. Some of you listening are in this boat. God is developing you into a teacher. I'm not saying you have to wind up on a platform, but you could, or a small group, or teach your grandkids or your neighbors, you know, whatever. Even simple conversations you could be teaching. But also, you know, prepare a lesson and share at a holiday gathering or an event on purpose. Let God show you where that opportunity is. And let me clarify something else. As a speaker or teacher or preacher, anyone who equips, you really need to know your audience. You need to allow the Lord to show you what they need to hear and teach on a level that they can understand. But the point of teaching is so there is advancement. You don't teach someone the same things over and over and over in the same exact way. You teach in a way that takes your audience deeper and further than they ever knew they could go. If they remain the same after a message or a class, etc., then it's possible the teacher did not do their job. Now, granted, there are some that won't listen, like they just refuse to engage for whatever reason. And obviously, that's not the teacher's fault. But overall, as leaders, especially in the church, we need to help mature people into that equipped bride ready for their groom to return. And not just waiting for the groom but doing the work of the kingdom until he returns. So know your audience if you do wind up teaching, but don't leave them there. Don't only preach those feel-good messages. Preach the ones that get under our skin, the scripture that we don't understand, that we don't like sometimes, right? The scripture that we don't want to do. Pray for my neighbor. What? What if I strongly dislike that neighbor? I know some of you know what I'm talking about. I was in a conversation one time with a, I guess, supposed church leader. And they said, oh, yeah, I hate so-and-so, speaking of a person. And they were serious. And I was like, what? You know, at what point did Jesus ever say, oh, I hate that person? He didn't. So, like, you can't either. We love our enemies. Come on, that's the word. That's basic. You know, it doesn't say we like our enemies. Hopefully, you can take some solace in that. (laughs) But we definitely don't hate people, however that lands. So regarding messages, 
I just sort of personally don't really have a taste for, I guess you could call it fluff. We'll dig into that a little bit more, but I get it. You know, that's all some people can handle in some seasons, but don't stay in fluff. I remember there was an outreach that we did recently and um, they were serving ice cream sundaes. And the story came back that there were some bees, you know, flying around and they had some marshmallow fluff. And apparently the bees just couldn't handle it and they wound up in the marshmallow fluff. (laughs) So don't get stuck in the fluff. You'll wind up like that bee. You'll get stuck in the fluff too. So go deeper. Be consistent in seeking the Lord and you will grow. Don't accept or settle for anything less than. Go after the measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, I hear people talk about baby steps often and that's okay for a short time. But at some point, we have to leave baby food. We weren't meant to stay there. Go to a Bible-based church where messages are scripture-heavy, word-heavy. Quotes from books and great stories, like those are fine, but mostly the word. If If a message really doesn't include that much word, it might not even be a message, rather like a TED Talk, or mostly someone's opinion, like commentary. We need the word straight from the word. John 8, verses 31 through 33, it says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Obviously, reading this verse because it talks about how we need to hold to his teaching and really be Jesus' disciples. Um, But then they make an interesting comment. Uh, They say, we've never been slaves before to anyone. Um, Hello? They had been slaves for years upon years upon years. (laughs) A very long time. And they didn't even know it. They needed the truth so they could be set free. We need the same. We don't want to have the wool pulled over our eyes where we think we're getting free and we're not. We think we're getting solid teaching and growing and we're not. We have to address these things in the word, especially the things that go against status quo in our society, in our culture, because we are here to make our culture like the culture of heaven. Let's not make our churches seem like the world. Let's make the world like heaven. Come on, believers. Come on, church people. This is what we are here for. While we're on the subject of teaching, let's jump ahead a little bit to Hebrews 6. We're going to read verse 1. It says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Okay, so let's talk about this. There are many church bodies out there that are dead. They are not spirit-filled. The teachings are not led by the spirit, but instead led more by popular culture. Like they're trying to be relevant You hear that term quite a bit. 
I recently heard a speaker say something to the effect of, who cares about being relevant? We need to be reverent. They are spot on. If we are reverent, respecting God and following him, his presence, his ways, then we will be relevant. And in fact, the most relevant thing ever. And our congregations will not be stagnant, but flourishing. Again, there are times where you will reference these elementary concepts. There's all different levels of believers within any given church. But this goes back to allowing God to show you what to preach and when to preach. He knows who is listening, so trust Him. If you're in a position where you are able to lead or preach, He will guide you if you listen to Him. If you have found yourself in a milk church or maybe you're the leader of a milk church, hey, this is a great time for you to address this issue right? This is awesome. So don't necessarily bail. I'm not saying that at all. You know, be a part of the change. Fix it. Get God's vision for going deeper in your teachings. He will reveal how that looks. But if you aren't willing to admit there is a problem, you will not take the steps necessary to fix it. It's just like addiction or any other issue. The first step in recovery is to admit it. Then you can get some help. You know, if the Lord does lead you to go to another church, then go. I know that's crazy. I just said, stay and try to fix it and be a part of the solution. (laughs) But the reality is, you may not be. You could be, but it's possible that you need to go. We were at a milk church for like nine years in the beginning of our marriage. And we loved it. We loved the people. But if we had stayed at the milk church I would not be doing this podcast right now, and you would not be listening because it would not exist. I would have never gotten free of the demonic strongholds that were restricting me without the power of the Holy Spirit had I stayed in that place where there was a form of religion without power. I never would have stepped into my kingdom destiny. Now, of course, I want to say I'm not a fan of like Christians church hopping because like they don't like the worship set on Sunday or the light show is better at the church down the road. (laughs) I'm not saying that. No, not saying that at all. Do not leave a body of believers that God has called you to unless he calls you somewhere else. Hearing God on this issue is huge. If he does call you away, there is a reason Step up and do it. You're not doing anyone any favors, including yourself, by staying in a dead place. He came that you might have life and have it abundantly. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4 says, Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Okay, that verse 3, it says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. You guys, I'd have to say, you know, we may be there right now. 
As we work our way through this episode, I realize I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between speaking to teachers and those that will actually equip and then believers who are getting equipped. But the truth is, we all have a sphere of influence. And if you know anything about Jesus, then you have something to offer. Whether you are on stage preaching or you have a place that you teach regularly, or you typically are listening to messages and strengthening yourself for the work of the ministry, you matter, and you need to have God's perspective on teaching. Messages and church services, they're not concerts, they're not TED Talks, it's not entertainment to tickle itching ears, but to preach the gospel, the entire gospel, not just the messages that will keep your attendance high, but messages that will draw believers into the deep where God is waiting for them to discover him and themselves at the same time. The person that he created them to be, not a facade or a shadow or a watered-down version of them, but the wild Jesus freak, meat-eating, word-devouring, people-loving kingdom warriors that God had in mind when he created them. We cannot reject the truth and chase after myths. One version of that verse says, man-made fictions. Come on, I'm not into that. And I know if you're listening to this, you're not either. All right, we're going to go ahead and pause for today. There will be part two of this Milk Church message. Um, Please don't miss that. We're going to go over some more scripture and ideas in regards to this subject. And in the meantime, you know what? Ask the Lord what he wants to say to you specifically about your growth and getting equipped and maturing in your relationship with him. So until then, be blessed.